going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Rally Check, and this is your AEW Dynamite review for May 18th, 2022. Before we get into the show, which was a very, 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 very up and down show, I want to put a quick thing out to you guys. I may or may not be sitting down to do a pod sometime over the course of the weekend. Uh little out of the ordinary, um, you guys know what's in the news this week, Sasha Banks has had another tantrum, and this time she's brought Naomi along for the ride. Um, give me your thoughts on the whole Sasha Banks situation. I mean, you guys know where I sit with Sasha Banks, but if you're a fan of Sasha Banks, if you're not a fan of Sasha Banks, if you fall somewhere down the middle and you just have a view of what's going on in this particular scenario with her walking out on uh, Monday Night Raw and uh, taking Naomi with her and fucking up that main event... Um, give me your thoughts down in the box below because I'm going to collect my thoughts and if I can do so in an organized manner, I'm probably going to pop out a pod sometime over the weekend. It's a long weekend uh, for us up here in Canada. For those of you uh, in Canada, happy early long weekend three days in advance. It's fine. This show, man, I've been enjoying the shows past couple of weeks. You know, I've had the whole... Uh, cliche, hey AEW, I see you, I see what you're doing. Man, did this show start off awesome and fall off a fucking cliff. <laughs> Let's get into it. Started off the night with the next round of the Owen Hart uh, Cup Tournament. This was the wild card Wednesday. We were going to find out who both of the Jokers were. Samoa Joe comes out, and who was it going to be? Was it going to be Johnny Gargano? Was it going to be Cesaro? Some people were saying Chris Hero. Some people were saying Jonathan Gresham, which I thought would have been really cool. ROH champion versus ROH champion in an AEW ring for an AEW tournament. And it was Johnny Elite. <laughs> And I popped my fucking nuts right off. John Morrison, now known as Johnny Elite, comes out to immediate Joe chants that eventually turn into Johnny chants, which eventually turn into uh, Joe's Gonna Kill You chants. And it is exactly what you would predict it to be. Joe owns for a little bit, and then it breaks down into a power versus speed type thing. And as Joe has his moments in this match of absolutely killing Johnny Elite, uh, it's like the pop is immediately deflated, which is which is all right. Um, back and forth, he does obviously the more uh, dynamic, high-flying, athletic stuff. Joe just is the wrecking ball that we know Joe to be. But there is a cartwheel senton from the top rope to the apron to uh, Joe by Johnny Elite. Johnny kips up out of a muscle buster, hits a rolling slam, and follows it up with a 450 that admittedly almost misses, but it's fine. The Starship Pain is blocked into a muscle buster, and Joe advances in the tournament. Post-match, there's a attack by Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Uh, steel pipe to the shoulder, which is fine. Um, a very, very, very too late save by the best friends. Really don't know where Johnny Elite went after this. Did he just skulk off to the back or uh, whatever the case may be? But a, an injured Samoa Joe goes on to face either Kyle O'Reilly or Ray Phoenix in the next round. Um, Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal... And, and, uh, what the hell is his name? I just had it. Sanjay Dutt uh, versus the best friends is not really a combination that I'm interested in. Satnam Singh is, okay, obviously 
in better shape, younger guy, whatever, but he's basically playing the great Kali role, and for a company that prides itself on not being WWE, you're doing very, very WWE things. But, all of the BS aside, Johnny Elite coming to All Elite Wrestling and Samoa Joe having a match to kick off the night was pretty good, and I like Johnny Elite's music. It's good. We see highlights from last week's Owen, uh, Owen Hart Tournament no holds barred match between Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen, where they both should be dead. We go to the back to find out that Jeff Hardy has just been cleared. The uh, the Bucks uh, confront the Hardy Boys, you know, really, really putting down Jeff Hardy's chances. You know, you should take the night off because Adam Cole's going to beat your ass. And if you don't take the night off, then maybe he won't be the only one that kicks your ass tonight. And, uh, Matt Hardy has the line of the night so far with, if you try to get involved in my brother's match tonight, we'll show you what the real Hardys are like, not just a Hardys cosplay, which, again, popped me rotten, as you can imagine. Hang uh, Hangman Page has a match, but CM Punk comes out for commentary because it's Hangman Page versus, I'm going to try and say this without butchering it, Konosuke Toshida, to, uh, Tokushida. I'm not going to try and say it again, it's fine. Anyways, it's a match between Hangman and Takashita uh, so that CM Punk can sit on commentary. CM Punk, um, very, very many times throughout the match, ponders whether or not Hangman Page is going to hit the Punk Shot Lariat because of what he did last week. There's lots of elbows and some hard-hitting stuff, and uh, they read off... Uh, I'm not going to try and say his name again because I really don't want to butcher it again, but they read off his resume... Punk on commentary talks about how cool that is, and he's, uh, you know, apparently got some tag team prowess over over in Japan, which is fine. Um, talks about how he and Hangman are both pros. You know, he had a match last week. Hangman's having a match this week because even at the championship level, you got to come in every week and you got to put in your reps and whatever, which is a really really funny thing for the guy on commentary to say, but whatever. Hangman in the ring hits the tombstone. Which would be funny enough, because, you know, Undertaker, except for his opponent, then follows up by hitting the last ride, which is also really, really good. Um, and then he hits a bit of a stalling suplex and feigns an injury, and then eventually there's a dead eye by Hangman Page. And a really, let's be real for a second, I know you're not supposed to say anything bad about Hangman Page, but a really, really shitty GTS. Oh yes, Hangman gets the win, because of course he does. There's a stare down on the rampway, and Punk walks up to him face-to-face. -face. Hangman puts his belt up. There's a little bit of applause and whatever, and then Punk does that arms-out pose that he does, and the cheers get, let's be real, a lot louder. And it did have remnants, and I'm not just saying this because it's a WWE reference, but it did have remnants of the, you know, Punk wins the title, disappears, they make a new title, they give it to John Cena, and then they had that battle where they both held up the titles to see who would get the loudest cheer, and obviously it was CM Punk. Um, it was good. Like I said, uh, Double or Nothing is shaping up to be a really, really cool show. Unfortunately, the uh, the title match usually caps off the night, as it should, which means, for me, as far as my investment, the... Uh, oh, it's going to end on a down note unless CM Punk wins the title, and unfortunately, I don't think he's going to win the title because uh, very, very occasionally... TK, you gotta read the room on this one. You gotta read the room on this one. I know some people like Hangman, but CM Punk is 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 better. It just is. Um, we found out we're getting a trios match on Rampage. It's the House of Black versus Fuego del Sol, Evil Uno, and Ten. That'll be 
that'll be a fun squash. Moving on, and that uh, that will be on at seven o'clock this week because we are playing What Time Is Rampage on Bingo. We we did five thirty, we did five thirty, we did seven. Maybe eventually we'll get back to ten. Funny that they're not running against SmackDown. I'm just stroking my chin on that one. Um, Swerve and Lee have a squash match against the Work Horsemen. Uh, it's an ex basically an exhibition of what they can do. It's Lee's power, it's Swerve's speed, it's the attitude of both of them. And they hit this really sick-looking powerbomb footstop combination for the win. They cut a promo, and it's not really that much of a promo. It's a bit of a promo train, as the uh, WWE haters would say. Um... They talk about how they're, the, they're with that match, they are now one of the top five ranked teams. They're cut off by Team Taz, who are cut off by Jurassic Express and Christian. Um, not only are they challenging these two teams to a triple threat at double or nothing for the uh, tag team championships, but also Christian says, hey, my guy Jungle Boy over here wants a rematch against Starks and throw Swerve into the mix as well. So for next week, we're going to have a singles triple threat uh, as a preliminary to the tag team triple threat we're going to get at double or nothing and all of that is going to be really really good um here's the thing because we know there's going to be some kind of breakdown between Jurassic Express and Christian and we do know that being one of the pillars uh, Jungle Boy is going to go on a singles run eventually so it's going to go to one of those two other teams and I'm in the uh the sort of fortunate position, I guess, I really don't mind which one it is. If it's Team Taz, then you get Ricky Starks coming out with two belts, being uh, being Ricky two belts, which would be fine, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs with his t-shirt tonight that said, I break backs. Oh, yes. Um, so that singles triple threat we're going to get next week on Dynamite is going to be awesome, and it's going to set the table, like I say, for the match at the pay-per-view. And I mean, Lee and Swerve as tag team champions would not hurt my feelings at all. Just... Just saying. So, we get the announcement as well on Friday that we are going to get the next round in the Women's Owen Tournament, which is going to be Red Velvet versus Chris Statlander. I really hope Chris Statlander is going to go over because right now Red Velvet, along with Kira Hogan, are not being used properly because they are being used as lackeys for, Cora, for uh, I was going to say Cora Jade, Jade Cargill. Uh, if she was in a better spot, I would say maybe put her over Statlander, but Statlander's had a gimmick change. She's come in to replace Hikaru Shida, which is an entirely other situation as well. If you want me to talk about that, give me your thoughts on that down in the box below. I'm pretty sure I won't agree, but that's okay. MJF and Wardlow and the tasks that Wardlow has to perform before he gets his match with MJF at the pay-per-view. Now, this is a very hollow tribute to what they did with Cody Rhodes back in the day, now that Cody Rhodes is in WWE, and it's sort of insulting in a way because you know they've already made the graphic. They got the graphic and it's got the little asterisk next to Wardlow's name. It's like, if he completes all his tasks or whatever, but it's like, yeah, except... You're not going to not put MJF on a pay-per-view, so, yeah. So he comes out, no music, or sorry, MJF comes out, bashing Texas. They're giving Wardlow, like, the full Goldberg entrance now, which I'm not a, which I'm not adverse to at all. He They open up the bay door at the back of the building, he gets walked in. As he's walking through the back, more security guards join him. As they come down the rampway, they're joined by more security guards on the rampway. He's handcuffed, obviously he's got no shirt on because he's about to get slapped with the belt. Um, one, two, three, first shots to the back, he no-sells no them. Um, MJF kind of goes crazy with the next couple of shots. Um, gives the belt to Sean Spears. Sean Spears hits eight and nine, and uh, 
still no selling. Uh, MJF winds up for the last shot, and instead of hitting shot number 10, he kicks him in the nuts and then beats the shit out of him with the belt. Face down while he's handcuffed, looking like a tool, it's fine, whatever. Throughout the entire thing, Jim Ross popped me huge, because, you know, current events are current events, and uh, the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp thing, I could do a whole video on, but this is not that kind of channel. Jim Ross said, look at Wardlow's back. We didn't bring in a makeup artist to put those marks on his skin. Ha <laughs> ha. Shots fired at Amber Heard. You'll love to see it. She's a piece of shit and not just the one she left on his bed. Uh, there's a two-on-one beatdown on Wardlow who's still handcuffed, who's been kicked in the nuts, who's been whipped by the belt, and it finishes off with the uh, beautiful diamond ring shot to the face and MJF standing on his throat, which is nice. In the back, Rapungi Vice announced that they are back together as a tag team full-time, which is fine, I suppose. They want all the belts. They want the ROH belts. They want the New Japan belts. They want the AEW belts. I'm sure they want the AAA belts, and they call out FTR. Now, the ROH titles, if I'm following things correctly, and I'm really not because I don't watch the YouTube shows, because I don't think a wrestling company should give you homework, if you haven't picked up on that, but apparently the ROH titles are being defended on Dark and Dark Elevation. That's not great <laughs> at all. Uh, if this match does happen, I hope it happens on the pay-per-view, uh, Rapungi Vice versus FTR, because it doesn't seem like going into the pay-per-view they have anything particularly going on. I mean, they might fight Red Dragon. Uh, that's been a rumored thing, but I haven't seen anything in that regard. Um, Rapungi Vice won a shot at the ROH titles, and then they name off a bunch of other titles, and then lastly they mention the AEW titles, so they have set themselves a, a, a set of accomplishments they want to do. Cool, fine, whatever. Now, after earlier tonight when the best friends were, were, were doing stuff far too late, that really mixes up that whole group, but it's fine. You know what else is fine? You know what else is really fucking awesome? Probably the match of the night, as much as it hurts me to say, because the main event should have been uh, the best match of the night, but it, it wasn't. Just putting it out there. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix in the next round of the of the Owen tournament. Ray has his own entrance, and he's all in white, and his entrance is all in white, and I can only think that this is meant to be like the opposite of Penta Oscuro and all of, all of his darkness, which is fine. Ray Phoenix is obviously going to get a pop from me because he beat the walking armband, which is nice. Um, I mean, what do you want to say? It's pretty obvious going into this where, where we're going to go. Kyle grounds and grapples uh, Ray Phoenix in the early going. The flyer and the grappler then proceed to trade strikes because that's what they do. Uh, Ray ties Kyle up in the ropes and hit him with this really nice springboard roundhouse kick for a uh, I was going to say for a near fall. It wasn't for a near fall at all. There's a long sequence of pin submission, pin submission, pin submission between the two of them. Back to trading some more strikes. Kyle works on the arm in the ropes, which uh, contributes to the match. He starts working on the leg, which contributes to the match. you got the high-flying guy who's missing an arm and missing a leg. It's fine. Pop-up Rana into a pin attempt by Ray Phoenix. Rolling butterfly suplexes by Kyle. Walk the ropes Rana to the floor by Phoenix. An arm and leg bar by Kyle O'Reilly gets the win. And Kyle goes on to face an, an injured Samoa Joe in the next round. Oh my god. A whole bunch of people in a segment 
that I should like, but I just don't, because this shit is dragged on way too long and dragged in way too many people. The face-to-face -face between William Regal and Chris Jericho, and Danielson comes out with Regal, Mox leads Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz to the ring, the walking bobblehead doll following behind Moxley as he should follow behind the rest of the roster. It's fine. Um... Jericho Appreciation Society comes out with, with Judas playing, and then they cut off it because the fans don't deserve the music, and they don't deserve the pyro and whatever. So in protest to Chris Jericho, they sing Chris Jericho's theme to Chris Jericho, which is fine. And then we proceed to have Jericho run down the group with predictable stuff. Ah, Moxley was in rehab. Ah, oh, Danielson is boring because he doesn't do drugs, and hey, Regal, 20 years ago I pissed in your tea, and Regal's response is not much better, saying every show that they've ever been on, if he wasn't facing Jericho in the ring, he took that time to go into his bag, find his toothbrush, and stick his toothbrush up his ass, which at this point, I put my face in my hands, and I said, what the hell is this feud? The Blackpool Combat Club is probably one of the coolest things going in AEW right now, and what the fuck is this? Jericho announced, is about to announce Stadium Stampede 3. Moxley grabs the microphone, thank God, and says, no, 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 we're not doing that shit. Um, calls for a five-on-five five at Double or Nothing, and uh, Kingston does the whole, oh, oh, I don't care about pay-per-views, I don't care about views and buys, and I'm not a, I'm not a sports entertainment guy, I'm going to fight right now. I don't know why he's a Texan all of a sudden, but whatever, and Jericho's like, eh, no, and then they leave. And we cut right from that to Matt Seidel and the walking armband in the back that want to face the Blackpool Combat Club on Friday, which means it's a sort of a good news, bad news situation. It means i got to put up with the walking armband on my TV screen, but it also means that the walking armband is probably going to die at the hands of the Blackpool Combat Club, so isn't that nice? Holy crap, where did we go from here? Britt Baker versus the other Joker. And again, we had a lot of really cool ideas here. It could have been Deanna Perrazzo, it could have been Dakota Kai, it could have been Nixon Newell, who we haven't seen in forever. It could have been Athena, the former Ember Moon, which would have been cool. And instead, it's Maki Ito, which is fine, I guess. She's weird, and this match is silly, and the lockjaw gets the win. And she goes on to face Tony Storm. And I really, really, honest to Christ, do not have anything more to say about this match than that. It was a bunch of silly, it was a bunch of genuinely, other than the champion, because the champion should be the head of the division, not you, Jade Cargill, sit the fuck down, um, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa, who we're going to talk about in a second, is fucking awesome, Britt Baker, without the championship now, still feels like the main eventer of that division, I watched this silliness go down, I like silliness, but considering what this match is for, and the star power of Britt Baker, both deserved better than this, is what I'm going to say. And then Serena Deeb comes down to tell off Tony Schiavone for something that he said in an interview in a video package, and then calls out Dusty to call him out for something that he said a couple of weeks ago in a video package in an interview, because they don't think that she's going to win at Double or Nothing, and she's not, so there's that. Um... She tells off Dusty for being a loser, just like everybody else in Texas is a loser. Serena Deeb turning down Texas, MJF turning down Texas. Do not hold a candle to my fellow Canadian, Kevin Owens, turning down Texas. Putting it out there. Um, after after Dusty Rhodes takes a slap to the face, Thunder Rosa comes out, but she gets a cheap shot. I think she got hit with her own belt, and then Serena Deeb leaves with the belt. 
So, Serene Deeb Zakarin is what we're supposed to take from this segment, and I just... Nothing. And then... Oh, man. Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole. Should have been cool. You guys know me, I'm probably one of the biggest Hardy marks out there, and Adam Cole is probably the uncrowned champion of AEW, let's be real. CM Punk picks up that title, the very next challenger for that title should be Adam Cole, because CM Punk, Adam Cole could main event any pay-per-view ever, in my opinion, but that's fine. Um, Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole, and this match was rushed as fuck. I'm pretty sure one or two or more things ran over in this show, because this, this match... Entrances and all had to take place in about seven minutes. Uh, Cole attacks him on the rampway, so we don't even get full entrances. They brawl to start. Uh, they brawl around the ring. There's a backbreaker and a sleeper by Cole, and a long, and yes, it was during the commercial break. I get it. But a long surfboard stretch. We're working on the back of Jeff Hardy. We're really, really emphasizing the fact that Jeff Hardy got his ass handed to him last week, and he's probably not going to win Roddy Roddy Raw. And it seemed, it's so painfully obvious that they're trying to justify how short this match is going to be. They trade some shots, there's a stunner and a reverse, and a reverse twist of fate by Jeff Hardy, but uh, a little bit more fuckery, Adam Cole hits the last shot, and Adam Cole goes on to face Kyle or Joe in the finals. And what happens after that? Fuckery. Fuckery happens after that. Once again, a lot of people I like in one match, in one ring at one time. Uh, the Bucks come down, they ma make like they're going to super kick party the Hardys, instead they get double clotheslined by Adam Cole, who was just in a match and shouldn't be the fresh guy in the ring. There's a three-on-two uh, beatdown happening, and then Sting and Darby come in, so now it's four-on-three, and then we bring out Fish and O'Reilly, so now it's five-on-four. Uh, they pulmonized Sting's foot uh, sometime in the middle of all this, and yeah, we basically went to black, so this, this was a clusterfuck. This show, like I said, started out really cool. Uh, the surprise of Johnny Elite was cool. Uh, CM Punk on commentary was cool, even though I didn't give a shit about the Hangman match. Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly was definitely the match of the night. The rest of this show fell apart, guys. I don't even know what to tell you. This is the penultimate Dynamite before Double or Nothing. They need to fix a lot of shit before next week. That's all I got. And th this is not me reveling in bashing uh, AEW, because it's not. Like, I don't have NXT to defend anymore. I haven't watched NXT in three weeks, because NXT is dead. NXT is absolutely dead. I've been talking about bringing back the um, NXT Rewind series. I can't bring myself right now to watch old NXT because of how dead current NXT is. So that will come eventually when I've got the time and the, and the motivation to do it. Um, I'm saying this as a fan of AEW that has come to expect a certain amount from AEW that has come to expect the stuff that I've gotten in the past couple of weeks from AEW. This was not it. This was a pile of amber turd with a couple of nuggets in it. Oh yes. I, I wish I was ending this on a happier note. I'm ending a show that was main evented by Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole on this note. That ain't it. AEW? No. Not this week. Anyways, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.